Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Ezekiel, the Novi Yechazkel, chapter 14a, the first portion of chapter 14. That would be Perak Yudalad. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast. I am dividing chapter 14 into two halves because there is a logical division in this chapter between the first half and the second half. Uh, so it kind of makes sense this way also so that we don't have a chapter that goes for too long. Um, so let's begin with the first verse. Vayavo Eli Anashim. And some men came to me, Mizikne Yisrael, from the elders of Israel, Vayeshvu Lifonoi, and they sat before me. This would remind us a bit of the elders several chapters ago that sat before Ezekiel. And at that time those elders seemed to be honestly be coming to seek the word of God. They were coming to um, find out from Ezekiel um, what teachings they needed to learn from and to honestly absorb the message and hopefully in response change their ways and, and become better people. Therefore, they were rewarded, so to speak, with the idea with the vision, I mean, with the vision of Ezekiel being taken to Jerusalem by God, so to speak, where Ezekiel told them about how he witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem and witnessed the uh, uh, um, death of the people, but also witnessed marking those that were righteous to be saved. And uh, they, they, all, they, were, saw, they heard about the vision of God leaving the temple but coming to rejoin the people in exile, that the people in exile were going to be the, the uh, remnant through which the people were going to eventually be restored. So they received this incredibly um, detailed and important message. These elders were very different. Now, if you remember, the last chapter and a half we were discussing the idea of the false prophets. These were those prophets who told the people what they wanted to hear, told them shalom, the angel, and they told them that there's, there's peace, everything's going to be fine, you don't need to change your ways. God what, uh, doesn't want any more from you than what you're already doing and allowing the people and encouraging people to remain in their ways of sin. This chapter is going to continue on that path about the false prophets but going to give us a lot more detail and some different angles. These people, though, sitting in front of Ezekiel now, were of the group of people who did not want to change their ways. They did not want to listen to God's lessons. They were not just listening to Ezekiel. Yes, they see, it seems that they came to him because they knew that he was a prophet, but they were also listening to the other prophets, and they were also maintaining their errant and corrupt ways and beliefs and still talking to the false prophets as well and therefore in verse 2 God's word to me was as follows this contrast by the way is important for us to keep in mind because there were people among the exiles that were still continuing in the bad ways that they had brought with them from Israel and then there were those that were trying to learn the lessons of the exile by listening to the prophet Ezekiel and trying to mend their ways and become better. And the, having the contrast between the two groups and God's response, the first group by giving them this tremendous vision, a very difficult, challenging, and hard-to-read vision, which had a lot of wrath and death and destruction, but also some consolation, 
God's going to react very differently to them. This is what God answers. Verse 3, Ben Adam, human being. These men, in their hearts, they still have their gilulim. Now, a couple chapters ago, we gave several translations of the word gilulim, which could, sometimes it means, uh, could mean a gala, like a pile of rocks, um, which usually is used in, um, in idol worship. It could mean gilulim, galal, from a language of dung, um, which is a very uh, disgusting and and uh, vile description of the things they still have alibam within their hearts. So they're carrying their idols, their disgusting practices in their hearts. Gilulim could also mean the items used in, in idol worship, whether it's small idols or vessels, things used in idol worship. They're coming, they have those things, those disgusting abominations, those terrible activities, they have them in their heart in their heart because they're sitting in front of you just like the other people were sitting in front of you, trying to appear as if they want to hear God's words. But these, I'm telling you, inside their hearts, they're not the same. Umechshol avonam, and the, the, um, the uh, sins upon which they stumbled is still within them. Nas nunochach penehem. They still have those in their minds. They still have, they put them opposite their faces. In other words, they're still looking at them and still considering them and still holding on to them. Should I bother with them? Should I respond to them? Should I say anything to them? This is, can be seen as a question mark. Uh, should I? It can also be seen as like a rhetorical question where some of the commentators say, why should I even bother talking to them, is what God was actually saying. I don't even want to bother talking to them. However, um, God then decides to talk to them, which, although the, what he says is harsh, it is still demonstrating that God still cares about them. He still wants to convey them the message, but not a, a, an important message, a lofty message that he gave to the earlier people who he knew were looking to improve themselves. And, and basically to them he told that God is coming to the people in exile and will be with you as a Migdash Ma'at, as a small sanctuary, and that one day you will return to the land. But rather he's going to tell them, shape up, fix yourselves. Otherwise you're going to be severely punished. So he still gives them a message, but the message is very different and much more harsh. Verse 4, Lachain, therefore, Daber Osam, I do want you to speak to them. I'm not going to bother telling them uh, these grand visions, but I do want you to speak to them, God says. And remember, God has to instruct Ezekiel always as to what to say, because Ezekiel is not to speak on his own. And this is what I want you to say to them. So says the Lord your God, every man from the house of Israel, that keeps his disgusting practices and abominable, corrupt ways in his heart, even if on the outside he pretends to be righteous and pretends to be on the right path, if on the inside he continues his bad ways, and he's still looking in the direction of the stumbling blocks which cause him to sin, he's still looking and thinking, that that's the path that I want to take in my heart. Such a person, Uval Anavi, if he comes to the prophet seeking the word of God and seeking something good, I I will answer him, I will answer him in the way 
that he is going, which is with all of his terrible corruptions in his heart. I know it. If he comes to me and asks me, I know exactly, I'm going to answer him exactly according to what he's keeping inside his heart. Liman, and the purpose of this, is because to vote at Beit Yisrael Bilibam. I am going to keep the people of Israel. I am going to hold them. Litfos means to hold them in their hearts. This meaning, in other words, I will hold them responsible for what they maintain in their hearts. I know more than just what they, the facade that they put on the outside, but I hold them responsible for that which is on the inside. I share nazoru me'alai, and what is it on the inside? That in actuality they have turned away from me. Bigululahem kulam. All of them have turned away from me and went after their gilulim, after those, 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 um, those uh, terrible practices, fetishes, however you want to translate gilulim, which I just described before, several ways to translate it. Lachain, therefore, Emorel Beit Yisrael. In other words, Kulam seems to be saying that God's saying all of them. Presumably it doesn't really mean all, but it means the majority of them, most of them, the people, that's the way they are. Of course, we know that there were some who were ready to go on the right path. Lachain Emorel Beit Yisrael, therefore say to the people of Israel, so says the Lord your God, Shuvu, return to me, which would require you turning away from your terrible, terrible, disgusting practices. And from all of your abominations, you need to turn your face. You need to turn away from them and you need to turn back towards me. Again, God is saying the bottom line is you can leave them aside and come back to me. Why? Because those men... From the, the, any one of those people, Ishish, any one of those peoples, one by one, from the house of Israel, Umehager, including all of the converts who, Asher Yagurbi Israel, that have become part of the people of Israel, any of them, should he decide to turn away from me, and keep those things in his heart, keep those terrible things in his heart, and he continued to look in the direction of the stumbling. Blocks which cause him to sin. And he comes to the, the prophet because he wants to search me out. I'm going to answer him myself, God says. And what kind of answer am I going to give him? He's coming here not with having in mind to listen to the prophet and do and repent and mend his ways, but coming here just, but he really wants to go on the wrong path. Verse 8, I will. Place my, I'll turn my face against this man, I will destroy him, so he will be a sign, he will be a parable, those will, people will say, look at him, look at the one who chose the wrong path and what happened to him in the end, I will destroy him from my nation, and you will know that I am the Lord your God, because I have um, given him or her what he or she deserves. Now this next verse brings up a lot of, this verse 9 brings up a lot of uh, philosophical questions. And we're going to go through a couple of the possible ways to understand it. But first let me read the verse and translate. Bihanavi and the prophet, ki yifuteh. Should he be convinced or seduced? We have this word mifateh, when someone is sexually seduced. In the, in the Torah we have the same term. So yifuteh, when someone gets convinced or seduced, are drawn into the wrong direction. And he speaks something in my name. This is going back on those false prophets who speak in God's name and, and say falsely, don't worry, everything's going to be fine, everything's well, everything's okay, and tells people everything they want to hear. 
everything is wonderful, everything is perfect, similar to a sexual seduction where someone would say these kinds of things in order to draw his target into, um, into submission. So, Ani Adonai Pitesi, and these are the troubling words. I, God, I am the one who seduced Etanaviyahi, this, this false prophet. Um, the problem with this verse is obvious, and I'm going to address it in a moment. And then I will place my hand against him, and I will destroy him from my nation Israel. Now, how could this be? What does that mean? That the prophet is seduced. I am the one who seduced him. What does that, what does that mean? If, if God actually deliberately seduced a prophet and caused him to do something wrong or say, say the, a wrong word, then why would God punish him? It's the, how is it his fault? So there's, there's many, many ways to understand this. I'm going to go through five of the commentaries so that you could see the breadth of the different ways to understand this verse. And I'm also going to give my own suggestion, which will be a sixth one. The first one is Rashi. Rashi explains that this word Ani Hashem Piteti, I am the one who seduced him. God, Rashi looks at it more as God says, I am the one who was patachti. I was the one who opened the door for him. I gave him the opportunity, but he's the one who decided to go down and take that path. He was seduced because he really wanted to go down the bad path. And we know from, from Chazal, from the rabbis who teach us, that if, if someone wants to go down the wrong path, God will open up the opportunity for him to go down there. But it's his choice to take that path. That's, that's one way of understanding this verse. Another way, and this is what the Abarbanel brings from Rabbeinu Sadiagon, and that is that... Um, that Ani Hashem Pitesi doesn't mean that I actually seduce them, but it means he was seduced to go down that path. How was he seduced? He was seduced because, because of the attraction of going down that path. It was easier, it makes people like him, everyone loves him, makes him popular, so he was seduced to go down that path. Ani Hashem, I, God, was the one who revealed, I made it known that he was just seduced. And how, how do I make it known that he's seduced? By demonstrating that what he says is false, and in the end by punishing him. So it's not, God's not saying that I actually seduced him, but God is saying that I made it obvious that he was being seduced, and that he was seduced, but it was not true, and that what he was saying in my name was false. The Radak learns that what this means is that um, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of similar, but, but, but to what the... Uh, the uh, Barbanel just said in, in the name that 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 the, the people these people these um, these um, uh, false prophets were sinners in private in, 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 and they and he gives some examples but they were sinners in private they had all kinds of secret affairs whether it was adulterous affairs and secret um, uh, corruptions and so on. And what it says is, Ani Hashem Pitesi, I seduced them to go in this false path in order to bring it out into the open, to bring their sins out into the open so that people should see what, how, just how awful and how corrupt they are. Another reading of this Pasuk is from the Malbim, the Malbim who says that actually um, the way to properly read this Pasuk is... Um, uh, the prophet that we will be seduced either because of his own desires that will seduce him to go on the wrong path or his bad friends will convince him to go on the wrong path 
and v'diber dovar, and then he speaks a word and states, quote, Ani Hashem Pitesi, I am God who told me and convinced me to go down this path. In other words, he claims the person himself states. It's, so in other words, it's not God speaking when he says, Ani Hashem Pitesi, I am God who, could, who convinced me to take this path. But rather, this is a, in quotes and meant to be this false prophet states, I, God, have convinced me to go down this path. Um, another way of understanding this is similar to the way some commentaries explain the famous question when it comes to Pharaoh in Egypt. How could it be that God says that he hardens Pharaoh's heart and then punished him? If God hardened his heart, why does he deserve punishment? So some of them say, well, he was so evil that God punished him by taking away his free choice. Uh, the uh, Rabbi Yosef Kara, Rabbi Lezer of Bujensi, they explained that similar in a similar path. The, the Navi, the prophet, was, was seduced by his desires and so on to take the wrong path, and therefore God punished him by making him into a false prophet. Um, I would kind of like to say all of these, of course, have their own, some of them are, have some merits and some have other merits. They're all interesting and important ways to look at this verse. I kind of think that if we look at all of the prophets, we know that in, the, let's think of the big three prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and and um, Isaiah, and of course all of the 12 minor prophets, we find that very often they're given a challenge, right? I mean, you know, the, the, cha- the challenge of their mission. God tells them, you have a mission to speak the truth to the people. And God warns them that this mission is going to be very, very difficult and very, very challenging. And we see, especially in Jeremiah, what we see with all of them, the difficulties and the suffering that they had to go through in order to convey the hard message. It would have been much easier for them to kind of try and water it down a little bit, ease it up a little bit, maybe throw in some nice things here and there and not tell the people exactly what it was that God wants from them just so that they can, and they could even have justified themselves by saying, well, I, you know, if, if I said all this harsh stuff, they won't listen to me, so I need to say a few good things. It could start off meaning well. And God put them in that position. This was their challenge. It is highly likely that many of these false prophets, of whom the vast majority of them, their names we do not know, because they chose the wrong path. They started out maybe righteous, and maybe even so righteous that God actually did speak to them. However, God put them in an extremely challenging position, and they chose incorrectly. They didn't live up to the challenge. The ones that we know of, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, etc., they made the right choice. These other false prophets made the wrong choice. And in a sense, it is God that, that seduced them. It is God that set them up in a difficult situation. They were put in a situation of a test, but they failed. And then God goes on and says in verse 10, Venasu avonam, they will carry their sin. They will be responsible. They cannot blame me because they made the wrong decision. It's still their fault. Ka'avon ha-doresh, ka'avon Just as the sin of those people sitting in front of you who are seeking the word of God, but um, insincerely, so too the person or the person who comes to a false prophet and is looking for, for just like the people coming there who are sinners, and they're not looking for someone to tell them the hard truth. They're looking for someone to tell them that they're okay and everything they do is okay no matter what it is. The, 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 the false prophet they come to who tells them what they're looking to hear, 
Kavon Anavi has, has the same sin, has the same responsibility for that behavior. So they might have been righteous people living outwardly righteous lives and keeping the rules of the Torah, at least technically, but by giving that false advice that allows those other people, the inquirers, to persist in their evil ways, they are just as responsible for those evil ways. Leman lo od, this is verse 11, Beit Yisrael me'acharai, because I do not want that my children, the house of Israel, should continue to go on their errant and evil and corrupt paths. The job of these prophets was to tell them the truth, even though it was difficult to say, and they didn't do that, so that people continue on their bad path. What I want is that they should no longer um, defile themselves with all of their sins. I wanted them to be my nation. I wanted them to be proper. I wanted them to be good. And these false leaders are making it impossible because they're leading them the wrong way. I wanted to be their God. But instead, they're choosing all of these fetishes and all this corruption and so on. So says the Lord God. I'm going to stop here and we'll continue with 14b and the end of chapter 14 in our next podcast. Thank you for studying this with me. Looking forward to studying the rest of the book together.